Welcome to Live Courageously Podcast. Sorry for the, a slight late delay today. We have a little uh, tech issues. Uh, uh, it always works that way. This is uh, show number 21 of 2023, and I'm your host, John Duffy. And this is the 36th Live Courageously Podcast show since I started the show a year and a half ago. Courage is the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all others. And Live Courageously has been the conscious theme of my life for the last three years since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, and it's been an unconscious theme of most of my life. And if you haven't seen the previous 35 podcasts with some of my amazing, courageous friends sharing their powerful stories of overcoming all odds and going on to live powerful lives and making a difference in the world, you can watch them on my John Duffy Live Courageously YouTube channel. And I have another 75 plus friends planned to be guests on future shows. So Please subscribe to my Live Courageously YouTube channel at Duff Square Film and keep coming back every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today, my guest is Michael Mike. And Michael is the founder and owner of DFTV Network and DFTV Sports. The DFT brand was created to help families, mostly fathers, dealing with child support, CPS, and divorces in the USA. And by using sports and dropping in helpful hints and training, um, Mike was able to bring awareness to parents looking for civil solutions. As a result, Dads, Fathers of Texas was formed, and its national counterpart grew to assist over 7,000 families throughout the states of Texas, California, Tennessee, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, New York, Minnesota, Nevada, and Washington. The company was formed to educate and assist today's fathers by helping them to understand the legalities of family courts and the role of the Office of the Attorney General in their cases. Over 78% of all cases are resolved through mediation without going through court and clogging the court's dockets. Other accomplishments of dads and fathers of Texas as a result of assertive programs are recognized by the Texas family courts for spearheading the process of child support resolution through mediation. And by being the forerunner of this resolution tactic, up to six out of 10 fathers selected to participate in the program had updated terms instead of jail time, revised child support terms that the custodial parents actually received and greater familial uh, peace. Over 90% of the participants are still compliant. Selected and awarded top 50 most influential businesses in Dallas County by the Dallas-Fort Worth Community Network a coalition of Dallas County Commissions, Dallas City Council, Dallas County in 2013, 2014, and uh, 2013 and 2012, Dallas County Dispute Resolution Center, Family Mediation Volunteer of the Year, and former three-year board member of the Fatherhood Coalition of Tarrant County. Entrusted to train hundreds of men who are released from incarceration on family, non-custodial parent, child support, and parenting issues through the Texas Reentry Program of Tarrant and Dallas County, Dallas County since 2011. He's received hundreds of emails and thank you cards from satisfied customers. Michael authored and published the book, Victory Over Visitation, uh, which is on Amazon in 2015. And also a uh, second book, 60,000 Sex, um, uh, exclamation point. And after stepping aside from mediation, uh, Michael Mike has continued to use DFTV sports to help fathers in professional sports stay active in their children's lives. Um, at this point, I'd like to welcome um, Michael Mike to the show. Thank you, uh, brother, for joining me today. Absolutely. You, you, you've had a long history. I usually um, like to open my show and, you know, with two questions. And the first one was, where did we first meet? Uh, if you remember, uh, where was our first time that we met face to face? 
uh, our first encounter was when I was helping Termite in Houston uh, right before he did his uh, movie review uh, filming in Houston. And then from there, he connected us uh, right during that time period. So that was our first introduction. Yeah, and this is a, a, a picture of uh, me and Termite. And I don't know if you know Tony Garcia. I think he was also there filming. We, uh -huh. we yes. Tony's uh, also a dear friend of, uh, of mine and Termite's as well. He was in Iraq um, with uh, Termite. He was uh, doing security when Termite was over there during 2003 and 2004. Oh, wow. Um, and then this is just another picture of us from that event uh, that time, me with Termite and a bunch of his boxing friends. You probably know a lot of them. Uh, I got a chance to just meet them for the first time. Right. But, um, but uh, t tell us a little bit, you know, that's my first question. My second question is, um, you know, it was great meeting you and you did some, you know, you were doing live streaming of that press conference for us at the time. And that's when we got a chance to kind of connect. And then it was kind of small world because it turned out we're also friends with um, another a friend of ours, Melissa English. Yes. And working with you and working with me in, in different capacities. So, you know, never expected I would meet you in Texas and find <laughs> out that we were all connected, right? Right, so, right. Those two, the world is real small when you start networking. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, the other question I like to ask, and, and for you, you've obviously done so many different things in your life. What does uh, uh, live courageously mean to you? Uh, well, I think for me, uh, being a, a father who had the unfortunate uh, uh, situation of having children outside of, of, of marriage, living courageously is being able to for lack of better words, uh, still maintain a very strong connection with your children when uh, there's so much adversity in, in co-parenting nowadays. You know, not only the personalities of two people, but also a system designed to monetize conflict. So to be able to keep a grounded uh, spiritual and parental mindset so that you keep all your children in your life, that makes a betterness for everything else. So for me, just making sure I stay grounded and stay, keep all my kids uh, in the forefront of my, my growth as well as theirs. Well, I want to kind of go back and, and have you share with the audience your journey uh, from where you started and how you ended up to, you know, going from who you were, you know, growing up in uh, Texas to what you became in, in the business world and then into uh, film and filming and sports. And, you know, so I'd like you, let's go there. Matter of fact, let's, let's go there. Why don't you take us on that journey of, of your life and how you ended up in, in all the things that you do today? Absolutely. I appreciate that. <clears throat> uh, originally I was a, a business development and uh, I did marketing and business development for fortune, 100 fortune 500 companies uh, advanced forward. I had a daughter uh, after my first divorce and everything was, as they used to say, peachy dory until, <laughs> you know, there was a, a conflict. And then my child was removed from the state of Texas. And like a lot of fathers, you know, when you go to the attorney general, you are expecting help. But unfortunately, we understand that the attorney general is really just a collection agency. It's mm. not designed to help those who are trying to be viable fathers or parents in their children's lives to step back and basically go back to school, learn legal documents, become a family court mediator, learn the system so I can at least file the appropriate paperwork that I can have access possession to my child. And with that, 
I discovered there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys around me suffering the exact the same way, but none of them would try to do anything differently, but everybody knew everything about sports. I mean, mm. you can ask him any question about any football, college, pro, collegiate, Pop Warner, you know, and they <laughs> knew the stats. So I said, hey, what if I start dropping just little hints into commercials while those guys are watching sports just to pique their interest? And then I created a text notification where they can text, you know, father to 22828. Then it sends them a link and it sets them an appointment with me. And before long, it started getting bigger and bigger to finally it grew to several stakes and thousands of fathers. <laughs> you, you know, I, I asked, do you like being called Michael or Mike? Um, uh, they call me both. They call me Michael, Mike, 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 uh, Mike Square. Mike, so okay, Mike, I just Mike. anything with M in front of it. <laughs> that's, uh, they call me Duffy. They call me John. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to go with Mike, Mike, if you like. Um, yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. Um, but, you, you know, so here, you know, I, I, I just want to pause for a second and, and have you go a little further with this because here you had a, your own personal problem and you started to learn how to solve that problem by getting that education so you could, you know, be a father and do that. And then you saw a bigger problem. But, you know, uh, it, it's rare that people step up and then be of service to others. What, what caused you to, to do that in that point and say, you know, I learned this. I want to help other people who are having the same problem. Well, I mean, that's kind of, you know, pretty unique and, and special for somebody to do that. What, what was that that got you to make that step in that direction? I think it was that empty feelings of helplessness. You know, as fathers, we are natural protectors. Mm. We're naturally going to protect our significant other, our children, our pets, our home. But in that particular situation, there was nothing. I could not ask for help. There was nothing I can do legally. And it was at a stage where it's like, wow, you know, I can't do anything. At least that's what I was thinking. And with that, you know, I think that fatherly competitive side of me said, I can't just roll over and let this happen. Mm. But then when I started learning and helping myself, I looked around and there was this dozen of guys now in the barbershop talking about the same situation that I'm going through. I'm like, wow, you know. So I think that fatherly instinct or that male instinct of how we naturally protect our families kind of raised to the next level. Because when you think about it, there are only two reasons why we as people don't do something, knowledge and execution. My issue was I didn't know how to go by and get it done. Once I got the knowledge and executing was easy, then from there, you know, being a man that love helping others, when you see dozen and dozen of men every week talking about the same thing you're going through, and all you have to do is put together a template or a self-help booklet or something and say, here you go, read. Oh, you can't read. Here's an audio, you know, or here's some people that I met, you know, and then it grew to volunteer attorneys, document writing. So it was one of those things where it just kind of evolved because, you know, I guess I was one of those fathers that just could not accept the answer. No, you know, so. <laughs> well, that's that, that that says a lot about your character. But, you know, that you you weren't that guy who was willing to take a no. And you weren't that guy that was willing to just give up and let it be what it was, which wasn't a positive solution and, and would make life better. I know you have a quote that I saw on your site. I just want to put up for a second, which I just thought was very powerful for people to see. And that's this. 
it's easier to build strong children than repair broken men and Frederick Douglass. And I know you have that up on your um, on one of your pages. Yes, sir. And, and as a powerful, powerful uh, quote. And I think especially in uh, this time now more than ever. And you you were someone who stepped into the breach and said, I'm going to be somebody who's going to try and, you know, um, deal with that so I can help them when they're children and help the, them as parents so that they can solve that problem. But it took courage, I think, um, and it took um, action on your part where you could have just focused on yourself and you didn't. Um, so, I mean, I just I think that's pretty damn uh, admirable to be that guy who is willing to do that and then reach out and say, let me help others. Absolutely, sir. Because you think about uh, during my journey, it, I discovered really there's only 2% of fathers that do not want to be in their children's lives. 2%, mm. which means 98% would love to be a parent in their children's lives. Unfortunately, being a good parent doesn't pay the bills for the states. You mm. know? And with that, how do you give the state what they want and still become a parent? And that's what the juggling act had to be done, you know. And you think about it, at birth to age four, it's a critical time both legally as well as parenting because your child is developing his or her personality and what their mode is going to be from birth to age five. But you have from birth to age four to convince the state whether you are or are not the father. Otherwise, the state is going to grant a lifetime decision for you. Wow. You know, and most guys didn't know that. So they put it off, put it off. The next thing you know, the kid is four. And now whether the child is yours or not, the state said you are obligated for life. You know, and, you know, unfortunately, there's several fathers who went out and done things outside of wedlock. Hence, we have the problem. But nevertheless, you know, if you're well informed that one small mistake does not have to grow so huge. And that's what it taught me over the years. And as you drop those little inserts while guys are watching sports, it peaked the conversation. You probably see nowadays, you see a lot of the athletes doing barbershop talk, you know. Mm. And one of my first major educational portion I did for almost three hours is in a barbershop with 50 guys in there. And we all just dialoguing and writing notes on napkins we found in our cars, you know. So it was like, you know, one of those things, you know. That, that, that just sounds... Uh... <laughs> That just sounds amazing, man. You know, just so creative. And at the same time, having that communication. Um, so so take take us through that step. So you started to get involved in filming sports and and in, and creating a platform for that. Mm -hmm. And then within that platform, also touching people's lives by sharing the tips and the things on parenting and, and, and how to be dads and how to make solve the problems that they were having. So you kind of combined the two knowing that everybody's going to watch sports, especially in Texas, right? But oh, outside of Texas, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, now were you involved in sports when you were young? Were you uh, engaged or did you, you know, why uh, why was sports the, the, the path that you took? Besides, you saw everybody, that's what every man was into was sports. Right. Well, when I was in school, I did, I was a wrestler and I did track and field. I didn't jump into sports and actually I got grown in, in my uh, early 20s. And then I, I was a speedster, so I did flag football, soccer, and racquetball. Those huh. were three sports. Anything with speed and agility, I was at it. But then I think what really made me focus on sports and filming, because if you film a 60-minute show, you know you have 12 to 15 minutes of advertisement 
uh, uh, time. So it's really a 40, 42 to 48 minute show. Well, I have 12 minutes to impact people. Hmm. And then if you think about it, if you were to drop a 15 second snippet, you know, or you had to with your child support, if not text this number, how many guys are going to just do it? You know, then it's going to pop on their phone. They're going to save it. And then when the game's over, they sitting around the house, they're going to go back to it. You know, so it was just quick little snippets. You just drop in and drop in. Then there was a lot of guys who was very prideful. You know, we as men want to think we always know all the solutions. And if we don't know, we're going to fake it till we can make it. You know, ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to fake it. So now all of a sudden, I don't want to tell this guy I don't know. So, but I can go on this website and watch a video secretly while I'm at work doing lunch, pay my little money, get the document I need, fill them out and just mail them in. And no one knew I didn't know. So wow. we kind of catered to our pride, but also our, our uh, you know, uh, survival because we don't want our children to fall victim to anything, whether it be the system or a, you know, upset parent or anything. And I think as such, we had to figure out how do we impact, you know, those who need it, but nevertheless not creating chaos in the court system, you know, and it was a very touch and go, touch and go. But over the 20 years of doing it, we found a very comfortable way that even the, the counties embraced it. And then from there, you know, the guys kept saying, well, man, me and the mom wants to do it. We just don't know how. So that's why I went back to school for mediation and arbitration. Because if you are an attorney, you can't talk to both sides. But if you're a mediator, you could. So that's why I went back to school, became a mediator. Now, legitimately, the courts can say, OK, you two go figure it out and bring me the end results. So we started finding civil, peaceful ways to do things that all started with a little 15 second snippet during a football game or a soccer game or a basketball game. And it's just starting the conversation. Wow. I mean, I, you know, I, I just think there's such a powerful uh, story of what you were able to do to, to take it from level to level to level and, and to be able to impact people's lives and find a way to get the system. Because obviously a lot of times the system is um, so bureaucratic that they're not of, of much value if they're not being harmful sometimes, right? So being able to find a way to get them to uh, cooperate with you and help you solve the problem, that's another level of um, success I think you had by pulling this off. So um, uh, pretty, pretty impressive, you know, to, to, to have seen you, you know, what you're doing with this or what you've done. And then as a mediator, how long did you work as a mediator doing mediation? Uh, I did the mediation for 20 years, but I became an expert mediator for the last 10 years. And it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing when you can go to a judge and say, hey, uh, let me take care of 70 percent of your workload. Wow. Look at you like a deer in a headlight, like, OK, sure. Now, how do you? <laughs> That, you know, all I need you to do is to order the, the, the parents to go to mediation, make it a minimum of two hours, and then send them, I'll send them back. And with that, you know, if it's 10 issues on the table, we resolve nine in mediation. The one that's left, the judge is going to order on it and keep it moving. Wow. So, so tell me, uh, Mike, Mike, you're... Um... You, be, you went from mediator to expert mediator. What are some of the things that, because uh, mediation is such a powerful tool, what are right. the things you learned and to apply? Because a lot of times when people get into conflict, it's an emotional uh, reaction. It's, you right. know, people are hurt, people are hurting each other that, you know, it's, and, and everybody's right. 
you know, both sides are right and the other side's wrong. But, you know, getting people to get from whatever place they are and stuck in those places to get to the center and find a way to overcome and cooperate and come up with solutions. What are some of the things that, you know, the the tools that you use and and how effective is that in people's lives? Because I think, you know, it sounds like you, you played a major role in helping resolve a lot of these issues with people. Oh, absolutely. It was I put together a 25 question survey where the first five to 10 was designed almost like a duh. You know, it was simple questions like getting to both sides to say yes. So the first question would be like, did you guys meet each other and really care about each other? Well, yeah, you got, <laughs> you know, uh, had a couple of kids together. Yeah. Remind, on, remind them of those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you start reminding them of the fun part. Then you go to, so what did you like most about that person? What happened to make disconnect? So by the time she tell her side, he's tell his side, I see all the similarity and I see where the disconnect was. And probably 80% of it was a breakdown in communication. She thought one way, like they say, men's are from Mars and women's are from Venus. Well, what part of Venus is she on? So I can send him a jet over there to go say hi to her. (laughs) And, and you start out, because I found out if you can get them to say yes three to four times early on, it lowers the guard. Wow. You know, and then from there, you ask questions that they both going to highly agree upon. Well, you both do want what's best for the child or children, correct? You want to make sure they don't make mistakes and get harmed. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So if there's a way you could do that, would you be willing to at least bend just a little bit? Yeah, I can bend a little bit. Now... Yeah. Got you moving in the so then when I get to the more complex questions, it requires a little bit more finizzle. And that's when you go to the law and say, Well, if you go to the judge, they're either going to do A or B. Which one benefits you? Well, neither. Then let's see how we can figure this out ourselves. Wow. You know, and so, so you use that pressure of like, well, you can let them do it, but it's going to be a lot worse for you. A lot worse. <laughs> yeah, and it always is, right? Yeah. Or you can uh, resolve it yourself and then it's going to be better for both of you. And, and yeah. why wouldn't you choose that? You get, you gave them two options, right? The bad option and the good option. Right. You and got the, you got the real bad option. And you got the let's work together option. Exactly. And a lot of times, most of them didn't know there was even an option. That's true. You know, they go there, sign the paperwork. Here's your, you know, child support card. We'll get your money. Bye. Right. Most of them didn't realize when they got government assistance, automatically they got on child support. So there was hundreds of cases where neither one even filed a conflict against the other. But because the way the system is set up, if you're getting government assistance, the government wants to collect their money from somebody. Well, whoever's the non-custodial parent is going to be the person they're going to collect it from. Uh, now he or she is mad at the opposing side, but they didn't do anything. Right. And, and, and unfortunately, what I hear you saying, too, and, and not knowing much about it in, in specifics of this, is that the system is not necessarily set up the way it is to uh, benefit both parties, but it's set up to benefit itself. Oh, most definitely. Because you think about the uh, Office of Attorney General child support system makes over $30 billion a month. Wow. So they, they're not trying to give up that kind of money. So, right. but they, I always tell a person, if you ever want to fix something in the legal system, just read down to you. Do you see the word, however? And when you see the word, however, there's your solution right there. From however down is going to be your solution. And with that, by giving these mothers and fathers just simple fundamental knowledge, kind of like stuff that we grew up on when 
families actually sit down and had a conversation, you know, <laughs> you know, well, why did you do that? And why is it versus yelling at each other? We just go back to the fundamentals of life. Just have a conversation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that old school, that old school stuff. I noticed a quote, which I, I, I post sometimes, and I don't know if it's from him or not from him, but it's uh, attributed to Denzel Washington. And it talks about those old school values, right? Yep. You yep. Know? And you realize, I mean, there's a lot of strong things that, that went along with those things where we we had that kind of a connection and we took care of people the way we did and just that old school kind of way of doing things. But, um, you know, there's so much I could talk about just this topic alone, because your experience and what you've done, I, I think, is uh, definitely a lot to learn from and impressive. But I want to kind of move you forward because you got so much other things you've done, you know, so, you you know, uh, beyond that, then you started a, a DFTV, which is uh, and you'll tell me what the initials are network. And then you started a DFTV sports. And um, so how did you get into and doing sports, filming, le learning, live streaming, doing camera work, doing all of it? You know, how did you do that? And then then not only did you learn how to do it, you created all these uh, bigger entities to help you uh, promote it. So share that journey with us. Yeah, the, the, it was funny. Uh, DFTV is really dad's father's television. Right. But it was hilarious. I was doing dad's father's television and I had the, the privilege of being in front of a room full of women that fussed <laughs> at me about, well, dad's father, what about us moms? You know, so I got rid of the word dad's father and used the acronyms DF TV. So now they didn't know what DFTV, the subtitle was <laughs> Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, <laughs> so it kept me out of hot water. And then I actually learned how to do filming by the old way we used to do things. Well, if I turn on camera A and hook that to a microphone B and connect that to that C, I should get D. So with Google <laughs> and YouTube, I actually learned how to build a television network and to learn how to film because I'm not a techie person, but uh, we all learned that if you get A plus B, C should follow. Right. So another plus that should be D. So by doing that, I knew that if I controlled what I was doing, I can easily impact a niche market. I knew I'm going to film sports. So I went to several sporting events and said, hey, do you mind if I just film your game live and I make my money off of commercials? Oh, oh yeah, sure, sure. So from there, when I got finished doing the dad's father's organization, I had built an entire network. I said, wow, this is a network and I'm getting paid to scream other people's events, football, basketball, soccer, uh, T-ball. And then I just traveled over 30, I think it was 37 different states just filming until I came into amateur boxing and I fell in love with boxing. Ah. And, uh, and I was doing DFTV network for short films, movies, and things of that nature. And I was doing DFTV sports uh, for my sporting events and things of that nature. And then as Mother Nature called and I got a little older and got tired, you know, I said, okay, <laughs> let me just find something I could do that's not as physically straining. And that's when I fell in love with boxing. So I was able to take a network that we use to train men and families in all 50 states and keep it and turn it into a business. Because by the time I came to a network, I had over 230,000 fathers, name, address, phone numbers, zip codes, you know, mothers, sisters. So that's almost as good as a network when you got over 200,000 people that you can send an email to and say, hey, click and watch this sports or click and watch this 
event. And that's how the evolution of the DFTV brand network, DFTV Sports, finally begun to grow. Well, let me just take a, a minute break here. I want to uh, play uh, a little uh, sponsor commercial, and then we'll mm-hmm. come right back. Just give me okay. a minute. Already. Given Hour is committed to promoting mental health for life. We support and empower people on their mental health journeys by providing free and confidential therapy, peer support, and customized training. But we can't do this work alone. We need you. Help Give an Hour to transform lives one day at a time with a monthly donation. Visit givenhour.org forward slash give. Together, we can create a brighter tomorrow. Give an Hour, mental health for life. All right, we're back. Um, yeah, it's an organization, Given Hour. It's a great organization. Uh, started out doing mental health um, free services for military vets, but also has expanded since then. And so it's a great organization. So check it out. And um, if you can support them, support them. So, Michael, back, back to uh, where you are. So you you had this uh, network of 200,000 uh, plus uh, people and you're doing this sports network and you and you fell in love with amateur boxing. So now you're kind of focused on the boxing world. So tell us a little bit. Take us further in that. And then you start to do some film projects that are coming out of that. So take us on that uh, next step of your your journey. Absolutely. Uh, when I first started with the film, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And that's when I did several short films, documentaries and things of that nature. And as rewarding as it was, as you know, in film, that's a lot of work, you know, <laughs> that's a whole lot of work. Oh, and, yeah. And, and not having the, the, the fundamental knowledge, uh, I knew then that was not a good fit for me, but I had all the equipment and things that needed. So what I did was start letting others use my platform to film. And while I was in Georgia, I got a taste of boxing. And um, so from there, I went down to Florida and did one of the uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight camps. So now, you know, those guys are back at fight camp and their families are back home and Vegas and California and other places, but they didn't get a chance to see their their sons or husband. So I just loaded up my stuff, and now all of a sudden they got a chance to see them train and spar, and they actually click. Well, how do we pay you? I said, Well, I haven't thought that far ahead, but <laughs> since you're asking, let me go Google it and I'll be back. You know, and that's how the evolution of the pay per view side of it came up. You know, and then there was a great coach out of Vegas by the name of Dewey Cooper reached out to me and that's when things really starts to soar i'm relocated from uh atlanta to uh florida florida back to texas and texas i moved to uh las vegas uh and that's when things took off that's when the ufc and bellator showtime uh money mayweather and all those guys start seeing the value in a smaller network that can white label to the bigger networks and they can save thousands and thousands of dollars because they can give me a, a fraction of their budget, but get the same end results. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Now wow, I have value. And from there, I just kept staying a student and started studying. And, uh, you know, with that, I was constantly traveling through all the States that I could filming amateur boxing so I could learn the rules of boxing and the names. So as the amateurs turned pro, they felt, you know, loyal to me. So now I got their pro debuts and things like that. And before I knew it, you know, 
I got two, three hundred coaches and fighters saying, hey, Mr. Mike, I got a fight. Can you come film it? They're going to pay for your expenses, you know. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I'll be there in a minute, you know. <laughs> and, and it just kind of grew, you know. And to finally, you know, I got that call one day and there was a big promoter out of Bahama, a big promoter out of Dubai. And they say, hey, we want to sign you to a multi-year network contract. And that's when I'm like, wow, you know, I went from having fun where I'm still having fun, not knowing what I'm doing. I still don't know what I'm doing to where I got a major contract. And, and it's funny how when you are working and having fun, you accomplish so much, but nevertheless, you're still having fun. Ain't that the truth, man? Yeah. I mean, if, if you get to do what you love, you're blessed. And, you know, I say, you know, yeah, it's long hours and yeah, it's, but, it, you know, compared to things that you don't like to do, it's not work. You know, right, you're loving right. what you're doing and you're having fun. And, and, you know, we're lucky that we get to do that, ain't we? Absolutely. You know, because you're going to put in eight to 12 hours on a nine to five while not making yours. Right. You know? And then with that, I, I was very much privileged to meet several young, what I call young kids, because they was my children's age and younger, that knew technology like the back of their hand. So that's when I learned how to get out of my own self way. You know, I backed the van up, unload everything, set it up. And they'd be like, oh, Mr. Mike, why aren't you doing that? Well, I didn't know that existed, you know. <laughs> you know? Ain't that the truth. And it keeps getting faster and faster on us. Yeah. I'm like, well, how did you know that? Do that. You know, oh, well, this, this. And, and it was funny because at that point is when I knew, wow, this could be huge if you surround yourself with these young kids that are hungry for your knowledge, but yet they're light years ahead of you when it comes to technology. And with that, several network, ESPN, Showtime, more specifically said, well, hey, you know, what we're doing in Texas, why don't you just do that and then just send it to us? So now I'm able to feed my family, still run my network, and still impact the fathers all by staying home. You know, wow. you know and it was just, it's just amazing how, you know, uh, as the old saying, when you give, it comes back tenfold. Ain't that the truth? I mean, that, that is so true. I think uh, people who don't have that opportunity need to take that opportunity to give. Because when you do, it, it, you, you're right. It does come back tenfold. It's, it's a blessing, man. A hundred percent. Tell us some of you know the projects. I mean, you, 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 there's so much I could talk to you about. But, oh yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but you know some of the projects you did see TV series. You did uh, episodes of TV series. So talk yeah. about some of the stuff you did. But I also want to talk about some of the stuff you're in the process of doing now that's taking you forward as well. So as much as possible, I want to kind of cover both of those. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We did several uh, TV series in Atlanta. We did a uh, the documentary about uh, Terrence. He's out of, um, what's Terrence out of, uh, I think, Tennessee, the police officer uh, through Melissa. We did his documentary. You know, we did a very nice uh TV series uh, called A Man's Point of View, where men across America shared their perspective. And it, can, it turned out to be almost a 36 series television show. Wow. We did several uh, uh, competitions, kind of like the contenders for boxing. We did, uh, we got a chance to do D2 uh, bowl games uh, throughout the U.S. Uh, we've, we had a partnership with several movies uh, uh, that we did things with. Uh, with some of the people that's part of the network. And then I had the privilege to write and produce and promote a short film called Anger, which kind of displayed the role of a single mom 
going through the day-to-day action and she was one decision away from snapping. So we got a chance to write and put that out. We got a chance to make a movie out of the book I wrote, Victory Over Visitation, where we found 13 fathers reenacting their role in getting into child support and then getting to a better place. And then most recently, uh, we've, we've got together, I started a movie called A Journey to the Ring, where I reached out to legendary high energy boxing that happened in the past 30 and 40 years. And I was doing a documentary about those guys. And unfortunately, a guy by the name of Ian out of California came and we did the executive producer of a movie coming out next year called Shadow Boxing. You know, you know, and, and the list goes on and on. So and this, I was, is, this is, uh, is this it, the Shadow Boxing? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. So this is something you're working out coming out next year, correct? Correct. We're working on it now. We just spoke to uh, the host and the parties, uh, which is Evander Holyfield. Uh, We're talking to Layla Ali to be the dual host of it. Uh, We've got with Dewey Cooper. uh, We've got some of the legendary uh, uh, Mr. Steele. And we got all those guys to basically break down the fundamental of trainers and how they're the key to a lot of success of world champions because the champ, the trainer put together the strategy. So uh, I was fortunate that I was invited to be one of the EPs on that particular project as well. And uh, I mean, it's, it's super excited. And with that, we also know that Evander is working with the TCL team comeback land with Dewey. Uh, I got a chance to work with those guys on that as well. So although my bread and butter and fun is boxing, it also allows me to showcase some of these legends, their uh, success and new projects they got going on. You know, like uh, Evander got his documentary coming out. Roy Jones Jr. got his coming out. You know, Former just got his coming out. And I'm just fortunate, you know, um, I was able to get with some of these guys and help work with them on that. You know, uh, Mike, uh, when you started out and you were doing business when you were younger, did you ever expect to be doing the stuff you're doing today? <laughs> Nowhere near. <laughs> Nowhere near. It's so funny. I'm not even a techie person, but yet, uh, and I'm not even a movie buff. You know, I can't tell you movies that happened last year, much long, 30 <laughs> years ago. But it's one of those things where I've always been a people person, you uh-huh. know, and, uh, and about being in business development and business strategies, I've always been able to listen come up with a strategy and a solution and then implement it, which is pretty much life, you know, learning how to listen first and speak second. Well, pretty much that philosophy I grew up with, most people thought I'd be an attorney, you know, because of my my uh, hard-headedness, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the business I'm in, I, I never thought I would be where I am, although I've always been curious, how does television networks work? You know, how do they charge a football game millions of dollars so i've always been curious about that but i never thought i'd be in the conversation with things like that ever you know <laughs> you know and you, that that thing you just said is so uh, powerful you know listen first and talk uh, uh next right and i think for people to realize i mean obviously i think it served you well as a mediator because being able to have the gift of listening is a powerful gift because, uh, you know, people need to be heard. And most of the time, people, nobody listens. Nobody right. listens to them. They talk and they wait 
so, so they can talk. They're not listening. So, you know, being able to be a good listener as a mediator and a good listener in business and a good uh, listener as a people person allows you to do all the things you are. And it's a skill. You know, if you don't have it, you can learn it. But but you got to want to be able to do it. You got to be willing to take a pause, hold yourself back and really listen to what people are saying. So you can, you know, it, it'll take you very far. So I just wanted to kind of like, you know, uh, echo that. But, um, you know, so once again, you know, you got all this stuff going on. You got a shadow boxing coming up. Um, what are some of the lessons you've learned, you know, lessons that you'd want to share with people in life that you've learned through this journey that you've gone on? both as a, as a mediator, as an advocate for fathers, um, you know, in the film world and uh, boxing, all the different multiple uh, hats that you've worn. What are some of the lessons you would love to share with people and tell them that, you know, uh, would be something for them to pay attention to? I think the one thing I learned that I, I continue to learn is patience, you know, and then be persistent. You know, I never dreamed that I would be in this profession, but nevertheless, because I was wanting something, I was patient enough to learn, first of all, what is it that I need first in order to be successful? And I think that what I've learned is patience first, do due diligence in trying to understand and listen. Very Don't hear a person, listen. And then after that, execute. Because once you understand what's needed, now you're able to really jump on board and implement it. Secondly, don't be afraid to change directions. I mean, here I am uh, as a teenager, I was very good with my hands. As a young adult, I got off into sales and business and marketing. As a mid-aged man, I got into um, uh, child support. And then as a mid-aged person, I got into mediation, arbitration. And now in my 50s and close to 60, I'm a te television network. None of those really make sense to each other. It's not like one complement the other. It's almost like all in water. But, you know, do not be afraid to try something, especially if you see a need and a value in doing so. And I think most of us, we get very comfortable and complacent. Well, I'm a carpenter or I'm a plumber or I'm an actor or whatever. Well, you know, what about this opportunity that can come over here? This, you know, just be patient. But nevertheless, don't put your blinders on. Right. And if an opportunity arises, say yes, and then yeah. and then you then then start working to figure out how to do it and how to do it good and how to get better at it and keep uh, learning, right? Absolutely, because you know uh, it was hilarious. I have a uh, boxing event coming on June twenty fourth. One is in San Francisco, and one is in uh, Milwaukee. Both on the same day, and they both want four cameras. Well, I only have four cameras, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so how am I going to do two? high-profile professional boxing events at the same day, at the same time. And I said, yes, first. Right. Now, I back and try to figure it out. Well, with that, I come to find out my camera guys, they have cameras. Right. My team, they have cameras and tripods and microphones. So now, by not, you know, you know, giving up and then believing in yourself, I really got out of my own self way. And these guys, like, well, Mr. Mike, I have a camera and I can use mine over here and you got four and we got this. And next thing you know, I'm looking at eight cameras, 10 cameras. That's like, wow, it's amazing. And, and I think sometimes we forget to just allow, you know, what's around you to just manifest itself. Had I been headstrong and ignored all, I'd have been trying to figure all this out by myself. 
you know, I just raised the question to the young folks and well, why don't you do this? Well, I didn't know this existed, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I and nowadays I've learned saying that a lot because us being the baby boomers and backwards, there's so many things technology wise we have to learn where this generation know it naturally. Right. You know, and with that I've learned just to get out of my own self way, sit down, listen, pay attention. And be patient because I may can see doing something differently. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It merely makes it different. And with that, the young folks have taught me, you know, you're the boss. Well, I never seen myself as a boss. I saw myself as a business network owner working with you guys. But now that's what Mr. Mike, you better go and find us some more work to do. because We'll be done with this tomorrow. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just one of those things just, just embrace what comes before you with an open mind and a humble heart. And you'd be surprised the opportunities that comes along. You know, I, I, you got to say that one more time, you know, yeah. uh, cause that, that is powerful. I, I, yeah. It really is. You just got to embrace it with a humble mind and an open heart, you know, because a lot of times we get so headstrong that we know, well, I know how to operate my network, but I really don't know how to operate my network because the youngster came in in five minutes, showed me stuff I didn't learn in 10 years, you know, and, you know, so when you have a, you know, humble heart and an open mind, you'd be surprised how much you can really, really learn, you know? 100%, man. I, I think, you know, for for all of us, you know, especially uh, older, but, you know, any age, that is a, so true to say. Now, I know um, you also have a few more uh, things. You know, we talked on a, a call before you got to this. There's another thing you're going to be doing soon, right? Beyond all this, isn't there another a venture that you're going to take on in um, a mental health or something? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple of them. I just yeah, want to share some of that with the audience too, because it sounds like, you know, you ain't going to stop. That's for sure. Right. right. I'm supposed to retire next year, but yeah, what that means, right. That means I'm going to work harder. You know? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I was fortunate to, uh, because of the fathers, uh, what people doesn't realize uh, African-American men lead the number of suicides. So um, uh, MetroCare has gave me the honor to be the face and the spearhead programs through the NAACP for mental health. So now we're doing TV programs. We're, we're starting at the teen level of the youth, uh, interviewing and training those guys with the mental health. We also, uh, the NAACP has a mental health youth organization that I never knew existed. Now we're gonna be doing in all 50 states mental health awareness with the teens, as well as doing a national, if not a global television programs, focusing on mental health, youth and mental health and, and the men, you know, because what we discovered, African-American men are, are committing suicide. I think the word was seven times more than anyone else. Hmm. And no one is talking about it. So now they have, you know, gave me the honor to work to put that out there. So uh, and with that, the Caribbean islands who just signed me a three year deal to do boxing in the islands is also letting me bring that project to the islands as well. So definitely we're going to be working on mental health, mental health, youth, mental health with the fathers. So, <laughs> yeah, we have several things in the pipeline. So. So, uh, well, and with that, just on the mental health, obviously, you know, now more than ever, especially during after COVID, that the level of mental health issues have gotten harder and worse for people. 
So it, it, it sounds like a, a very uh, useful and powerful program that you're going to be involved in. And um, the idea of, of retirement is going to keep getting busier and busier for you, my friend. I, I think retirement means you're just not going to do that anymore, but you're going to do these four over here, you know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that word retirement has been retired. So, right, right. You know, re, re, reload your tires, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, just real quick, I have a buddy who's jumped on here. He's a, a, a associate of my partner of mine. He's doing a project, a, a live streaming um, uh, women's softball, women's high school oh, college wow. softball, and he's going to be doing it out here. So we may be picking your brain about that. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I, I'll give you a call because we're going to do a league six weeks out here filming these young women who are at the top of their softball game. So, you know, you may have nice. some ideas. His name is Lou Simon, and we'll, we'll we'll give you a call at some point on that. But anyway, so as we kind of come to a, a wrap up, you know, what are the, some of uh, the things that are most important to you going forward in the future? Obviously, this mental health program, you continue to be a force around uh, men and dads and being able to solve these issues. Um, and then, of course, all this boxing stuff. So, you know, I mean, you, you ain't going to take a break, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm warning you. Um but what's, you know, anything you want to kind of close? And then, of course, how can people reach you? How can how can people find out about uh, DFTV Sports, DFT Network, Shadow Boxing, all the things that you're going to be doing? And, of course, I'll pump them out on my social media. But what's the way to, to connect with you uh, if people want to watch it, support you, whatever? Absolutely. They can definitely find me on social media. My name is, is on the screen, uh, Michael Mike. You can also type in DFTV Sports on social media and find me there. Uh, the projects that's coming up, as we mentioned, is shadow boxing. We're going to have uh, the uh, Bahamas Caribbean Island boxing. We're going to start the Texas Boxing Network in affiliates with the Texas Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, come next year, I'm actually going to sit down and finish the movie I started called Life to Life, which is the story about how both of my older children was murdered. And then I started over as a 50, what was that? 56 year old with a two year old, you know? So wow. that movie's going to start filming next year as well. And you can see all the, uh, and follow me on platform. You can see the growth and development, of all those things, the Bahamas boxing or the Caribbean Island boxing, Dubai, the movie, as well as mental health. Uh, I typically post things at least uh, once a day about everything that I got working on. And so obviously people can go to Amazon to, to see the book that you wrote um, that's on Amazon and, and, and the name of it is victory over visitation. So yes. people can go to uh, Amazon to get that. Where can, uh, can they check out if, if they can, any of the documentaries that you've already produced or even the series, is that on, um, on the internet somewhere that people can take a look at any of that? It's on DFTV network, which I'm restoring because we just signed a deal. Well, we're about to sign a deal with DCTV Dallas, because it goes, Texas is going to have the, what is it, FEMA, the soccer Super Bowl in 2020. Okay. So now we're relaunching DFTV Network. That'll go back live uh, in two weeks. So now all those documentaries, books, and oh yeah, and the one thing we said earlier, we had victory over visitation, but then it ultimately called $60,000 sex. And what that was, that book was written for college students that store at college as a freshman, but before they become a senior that are speaking Dad, of the devil. <laughs> that's, that's the other side of me. Yeah, go in there. That, that, uh, that's that that's dad, Mike Mike. Uh, that's the that's other dad, dad Mike Mike. <laughs> right. 
uh, and that was showing how a college student or a high school student as a freshman make that mistake and conceive a child as a freshman. By the time they finish high school to college, they have inherited over $60,000 of debt. So we're making a short film out of that as well. So people can see the real life consequences, uh, as we used to say, strapping it up. You know, you can spend 75 cents or you can inherit $60,000 of debt. So that's something we're doing also. And on the platforms and social medias, I'll be adding those as time come along. So DFTV Network is going to showcase all the movies and documentaries we have coming out. And DFTV Sports is going to continue to push forward in the sporting industry because uh, we're talking about uh, the 7-on-7 Pro, which is ex-NFL players starting their own 7-on-7 football league after they uh, finished uh, the pros, the NFL, to stay busy. So that's going to be on DFTV Sports Network also. So there's so many things that's evolving as time progress. And if you follow me on the platforms, you'll see as I post them up, and they'll be on one of the two networks, DFTV, DFTV Network or DFTV Sports. Well, you know, I, I'm honored to have met you. I'm honored to know you, man. And uh, I'm just appreciative. Thank you for coming on the show and sharing your journey and sharing everything you've done. Because, um, you know, I look forward to, you know, hopefully working with you on some stuff in the future as well. Absolutely. Our, 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 our Melissa and others. But, you know, once again, people can get your your material People should check you out. People should uh, definitely watch what you you have coming out because there's going to be some good entertaining content. But, you know, the other side of it is that you're somebody who's making a difference in the world and you're doing it now in the mental health field. You've done it in the, the mediation field and in father's rights field and all those different ways. You're just somebody who uh, people should know, um, people should support. And, um, you know, I appreciate that I've had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit and, and, and share this with the audience because, um, you know, it's it's been an honor, my friend. Absolutely, sir. And I, I like to close remarks, uh, whether you're a man or a woman, if you're dealing with any mental challenges, do not let your pride cause you any more grief. Help is out there. Help is out there no more and less than burger joints and 7-Elevens. You know, it's just a matter of us swallowing our pride to say, hell, I need help. Uh, someone who experienced the depth of both of my older sons, I know what it feel like to feel hopeless. But nevertheless, I still laugh and joke and smile because I was not afraid to say, hey, I need help. And with that, you know, there's so many different types of variety of help out there, just like it is bottles of water. You know, you can get flavored and alkaline and Gatorades and energy drinks. So there's so many ways to rejuvenate and refresh yourself. The same thing with mental illness and mental health. There's so many things out there. So don't be afraid to just stand up and say, okay, I'm at my wit's end. Let me go get a cool glass of help and keep it moving forward. 100% agree, man. Th thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for all you do. And uh, look forward to uh, working with you in the future. And, and once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely, sir. But my pleasure. And hey, I'm working to get to where you are as well, sir. I want to get with me and your working project together. Hey, I'd love to work with you on stuff, man. It, it would be an honor. Uh, all right, sir. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, sir. Bye. So, everybody, uh, that was uh, Michael Mike. And, you know, what a powerful story. What a powerful journey. And a, a whole range of experience. Hope you uh, were inspired. Hope you realized that, you know, there's so much you can do by contributing and serving others, not just yourself. 
And, you know, his life is a perfect example of that, that he's made a difference in so many other people's lives. So it's been an honor to have him on. I uh, hope you, um, you know, if you want to reach out to me, here's my contact information on my email, my YouTube channel, um, my Facebook page, my Instagram page. Every Sunday at 2 p.m., I'm going to have another guest on. I got another 75 cool guests uh, coming up and all of them with courageous, powerful stories. So I hope you uh, come every uh, Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And you can, to be uh, notified of it, you can do this. And so you can subscribe and you can subscribe on the YouTube channel. Um, and that's where it is right there. So just grab that link, put it in your, your Google thing and go subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can come and watch it every Sunday. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for joining us. And until I see you next Sunday, have a great week. Make your life a masterpiece and God bless.